Okay. Are you ready? Will you, will you stay with me this morning? Would you please follow with me this morning? Would you please follow with me this morning? Before I start, maybe a little concept I think is important to grasp. From moving from glory to glory, when the Lord moves us from glory to glory, from one degree of glory to the next, He wants us to, 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 to move towards a place where we're not yet right now. That makes logical sense. So he wants us to move us to a place where we're not yet right now. So when, often when that thing comes and is brought to us, we want to ask, but what was wrong with the previous one? What was wrong with the previous level of glory? And it's important just to take note of the fact that it wasn't that it was wrong. It was that God wants to move from glory to glory. What would be wrong is if you don't move which then makes the old thing wrong if you continue in it without wanting to move. Are you with me? It's important to recognize that because often we move to new things and we point our finger at the old thing. And that's not the way that we should look at especially what I believe the Lord has in store for us right now. Is that good? Vision 2020 every leader in his life desired to be able to present a vision 2020. I heard the Queen of England give a New Year's message. Many of you might have read a few other things that the Queen is going through right now, but um, she said a profound thing, and, and, and she's, she said, the only lasting change I've ever seen happen, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm going to make it sound like the queen, the only lasting change I've ever seen happen in my lifetime was that which was brought about by a series of small steps and not big leaps. And when I heard that, I took the word from the Lord, because what I do feel on my heart is that there are some big leaps God wants to make with us and with His church, and they're scary, and the Lord graciously reminded me of the fact that He doesn't want us to jump off the cliff right now. He'll take us down the cliff step by step, and up the other side. So we're going to go step by step into a bright new dawn I believe the Lord has for us. I want to st um, start by speaking more prophetically, more big picture-y, and then we'll get into very practical things that is going to happen this year. We believe that the Lord wants to happen this year, that we've got confirmation in our hearts of the things the Lord wants to do, um, and it's going to be interesting. So, um To a large extent, many of the things that we're going to do this year is going to be to unfreeze. There's a, there's a change management model, very simple one, that says if you want to change anything, you need to unfreeze, move, and then the refreeze. Okay, it's f like it's frozen right now. It's set, so it has to get lost, and then it has to move, and then you can make it, make it fuss again. So when I say unfreeze, 
I don't mean that we're so cold that we need to unfreeze, although I do think that we're rather cold than hot, but um, we, we, we want to unfreeze in the sense of getting ready to move, and I think a lot of the steps and things we're going to do this year is going to be in unfreezing, which is also going to be uncomfortable and very exciting at the same time. I think this a bit of uh, exciting radical change that's going to come that's going to um, challenge us out of our socks. But we want to be obedient to the Lord. Amen. So let's just take a brief journey from where we come from. I remember Shofar Stellenbosch. All of us students could say the Shofar vision off by heart and we still know it. I didn't go check it on the website when I had to type it out. I just typed it out. Uh, I hope it's right. But... um. We know this thing so well. Um, and oftentimes the things we know so well and we've known for so long can become so stale in our hearts that we forget that God spoke it. So the show for vision for you that know or you that don't know is to is reaching nations and generations through disciple making, leadership development and church planting. See that it's an action orientated vision, right? It's an action-orientated vision. It speaks to the fact that, yes, we can live our lives to have fuller and deeper communion with God because that is the main aim. And we can live our lives in community and loving each other and all that. And, but, but there's a sense of urgency when it comes to the work that we have to do while we're on earth. Because like I said, the, those other concepts are eternal. We'll have them forever. But this one is not eternal. This one's got a deadline. So interesting that I found that our vision statement is action-orientated. Reaching nations and generations through disciple-making, leadership development, and church planting. And what we understood then very well is that this vision statement, if we are called to be in this church, and we know that by the Spirit of God we're called to be in this church, cannot possibly not be written on your own heart otherwise you shouldn't be here so that was a revelation that we had as, uh, as students I, I remember assuming this and thinking well Lord is this we have called me this is what you've called me for and um, it's hard to say no to this um, really you're not saying no to the show for vision when you say no to this you're actually saying no to Jesus on the next slide just where this comes from and and because when you engage with something like this you need to ask yourself but where does this come from is this what God wants is this in line is this what I should do is this something I should take note of um, and please remember and recognize that what I'm sharing now about the show for vision is only it's only background okay it's not where I'm actually going I just need to I want to just say this we really feel urged to share this but it's so beautiful that the great commandment, which we could say, well, that's that's the ultimate thing that God said we should do, says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then Jesus said, and then you're like, Lord, how do I do that? And then Jesus said, well, if you love me, in John 14, he said, if, if you love me, you'll do what I say. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, he said. And then his very last command before he left was the very one that we, most of us can also say off by heart. He said, now go 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all things which I have commanded you. And behold, I'll be with you until the end of the age. So one of the great commands of Jesus was that one. And, and the essence of it is, 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 is to go and make disciples and not to be discriminate not to not to be discriminatory in in who and where we make it but to be make make disciples of all nations and that should be what we do that should be what you do as a christian you're a follower of christ you're one that um that imitates him and he made disciples so he said you should teach them to obey the things i've commanded you one of the main things he taught them was how to make disciples because that was what he did with them for three years and then he said now you go do that so a primary element of us fulfilling the call of God doesn't matter from which angle we look at it is each one of us has to take the command to discipleship very seriously and this is what our vision tries to do is to say we need to make disciples guys And when we do make disciples without being without discriminating against uh, age or race or anything like that, when we do make disciples, then we do need to raise some of them as leaders in order, um, and, and then eventually churches will be planted. So that's where the vision comes from. The question has been the last few years, and this is not a global question, it's a, not a global show for question as such, I'm not sharing you necessarily what is a what are, what has been said at that level I'm sharing with you what the Lord has been sharing with me but um, we have seen over the last couple of years that this thing is not happening anymore this, this, this thing has become stale the rate at which churches was planted and people got saved was kind of mellowed down settled in and kind of are what we are And it's been a sign that we should recognize, and I. There are many other signs that the Lord have, has showed me, showed me our inability to hear the word of God and do it. Over the last few years, come in where we wouldn't run out of sermons to obey the word of God, but we would merely listen to another Bill Johnson sermon on the way home because it's nice. What if I would say, hey, have you listened to that sermon? What if I wouldn't say, hey, would you go, you must listen to that sermon. What if I say, hey, you must obey that sermon? That would be better. If indeed the word is from God, then don't listen to the sermon, but obey it. Interesting. Anyway, off point. So in Bible School 3, uh, we learn the thing on the next slide of, form and f and function so so f so function is in essence what we what we should be doing okay so making disciples is a function everybody should be doing it okay making disciples uh, for instance is a function and this is facilitated by a form so different contexts different cultures do it in a different way in obedience to the lord have it done effectively in their context, right? So that's the form that's chosen. And I believe that the current forms that we're 
practicing in our churches is not serving the function. A word that Rhino um, Dashner heard from the Lord and almost came to me in tears the other day and just confirmed what the Lord has been speaking to me about. He says, the Lord is, he caught me off guard completely. He just met me in an incredible way. And he says, my house lies in ruins. And I don't know, I, I, I don't know what he means, but he's saying to me the whole time, my house lies in ruins. What are you going to do about it? So, what I believe the Lord wants to come and do is He wants to move us to a place in, 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 and um, He wants to bring reform, reform, a set of different forms that could fulfill the function. Because we had a very scary place right now, I believe, where the Great Commission is not being fulfilled and we are becoming to we, we're starting to become come comfortable with where we're at. And I'm not only speaking to us as a church, I'm speaking to a slightly bigger portion of the ch- church. Churches who are at where we're at. And the interesting thing is we and others like us, we see ourselves as progressive churches that as you know, caught on something that the Lord has and that wants to run with it. But I believe the Lord is starting to unveil us and saying, I haven't removed your lampstand, but I do want you to move with me now in order for it to remain. And this is not a joke. He wants to bring reform because we have been we have been blind in seeing things that he see for the I feel so strong strongly the incredibly harsh words that he spoke to the church in Laodicea where he said that I I know your works I know your works you're neither hot nor cold I wish that you were hot or cold but now you're lukewarm so I'm going to spit you from my mouth the word is vomit actually there it says you think you're rich you think you're fine. You think you're okay. But you cannot see that you are wretched and pitiable and blind and naked and poor. Then he invites us and he says, come to me so I can cleanse you. Come to me so I can renew you. And he beautifully and graciously ends it off by saying, I, I discipline those I love. I.e., I love you. Repent. It's a word for us. And I believe what what uh, way that the Lord has given me to think about this, where He wants to take us, is most of us, most of us come from traditional church backgrounds, right? Most of you understand what I mean when I say that. And somehow we've been brought by the Spirit to believe in a different form of following Jesus and worshiping that has led us to churches like the ones we are right now. That's that looks vastly different from what we grew up in. 
And I believe what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, where He wants to move us, is going to look as much, maybe even more, different from where He has moved us from to where He has moved us now, is going to look as different when we look back. And this is also a prophecy, unfortunately. Fortunately, prophets need to say bad things. The bad thing is some of you sitting in this room are going to reject it and say, no, I'll stay. This works. There's nothing wrong with this. And what you will stay in, when it dies out in 30 years from now, the Lord's grace will be with you. He's very faithful. But you might just miss what he wanted to do. I'm asking you to not be one that doesn't come along. And I'm not asking you to do what I say. I'm asking you to follow Jesus where he leads and to help us all to know where that is and to obey. There are certain elements of this reform that I would like to release to you now. If I'm wrong in the way that I say some of them, I am I'm sorry. It's what I believe I've heard from the Spirit of the Lord, but there's obviously always some human interpretation to those, to those things. I'm sorry for the little green line that goes through experiential that uh, it doesn't look like that on... Google Slides, but it sometimes looks like that when we upload it. That was an ad break. Some elements of this reform I believe the Lord wants to bring and that He's calling us into. There's a charge to the church from the world, and many churches are obliging, and somehow we are at this stage caught in between. And praise God, we haven't a obliged fully but there's a charge from the world to move to to a very liberal interpretation of the bible where sensitive topics are even not spoken about as we often like to do rather not speak about it or it is spoken about in agreement with what many media houses and humanistic organizations would say and doctrines are formed around that you can form a doctrine around anything you can even approve apartheid as a biblical doctrine from the bible if you want to miss god that's what the church did so we are gonna stay conservative in our interpretation of scripture we're gonna believe what it says and i believe this move of god which will definitely not only include us not at all would be those that are willing to say, I believe in the Bible. Just saying that out loud in our current day and age means that you're crazy. We're going to have to say that it's part of what God wants to restore and make louder. Praise God we haven't, we haven't crossed that boundary that far, but we've been way too quiet. And I don't mean publicly, I mean from our own pulpits. The next thing is, with conservative interpretations of Scripture, you usually think about 
conservative, quiet old churches. And I, I do believe that with this conservative interpretation of Scripture, God wants to bring an extravagant flow in the supernatural, where we would flow with Him. We would believe when He gives a song to Ruth, we would believe that the sovereign God maybe has given a song to Ruth, and we wouldn't listen to it and just move on. But we would accept it as such. And from that place, honor the Holy Spirit. And then see God starting to move among us mightily. Over this holiday, we were um, camping. And um, there's a, a doctor staying opposite us. And long story short, an old woman had a heart attack. And he died at the camp. And this doctor and another doctor was working on him. This is just a cool testimony, okay? He's working on him. And the old woman with his wife there, the woman dies. And they continue to do what they can and do what they can. And the other doctor just says, he is gone. And this doctor recognizes it is over. He is gone. And in that moment, he said, he starts praying in tongues. And he asks God, is it his time? And the Lord says, no. And he just put his hand on his chin and said, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, wake up. And the woman opened up his eyes immediately and started speaking. And when they said, Let's take you to the hospital, let us carry the woman, the woman said, I can, I can walk, don't worry about it. And the whole camp heard that testimony. It was incredible. And, um, you know, uh, this is just also amazing to hear uh, uh, Stephen, who's in the Bruni congregation, who had the accident, who's, who's, who's para, paraplegic. So he's, he had, medically speaking, he had no hope. No hope of ever walking again. And we've been feeling the whole time God wants to do something. We've prayed for him here quite a few times. And he's moving both of his feet. He's moving both of his feet. I just didn't have enough faith to say, stand up and walk. But praise God. Small little drops of what I believe God wants to do if he would take him seriously on his word. The Logos written word is already given us honor it as the ultimate authority and then honor when the rhema word comes to us that it is indeed him and if it is him accepted as that we're going to see extravagant supernatural another element of it is the view and role of leadership slowly we're just twisting the way we see it and I, I believe we're going to have to become much less dependent on what we call leaders in church you know leaders in the Bible in biblical terms you aren't an elder or a bishop because you are anointed and gifted because you've got charisma it doesn't even feature in the list of things that you must be but we see who is charismatic and who can say the word well and who can heal someone and then they obviously anointed and chosen by God and we make them leaders when their lives look like whatever it wants leaders are not 
going to be in positions where they're going to control and we're not going to be in a position where we're going to look at leaders church leaders and expect from them to do the vision and we're not going to have them um, um, as operationally practically relevant in our lives but we're going to come back to a biblical understanding and honoring of leadership for what it really is and for that purpose we are, I've already organized with quite a few a few guys who are way my seniors in the Lord and we're going to receive people with the mandate from the Lord on their hearts we're going to receive them as leaders we're going to receive apostles the early church said that they were devoted to the apostles teaching and to fellowship we're going to receive apostolic guys and listen to them and hear from them as if we're hearing from the Lord but we're not going to be dependent as if there's a mediator anymore okay working myself out of a job here that's the plan eh the next thing is and I've touched on it discipleship discipleship will become the primary thing that we do when someone asks you what, what do you do at church what do, what's your role what do you do one of the three things you're going to say right there is going to definitely be uh, well disciple making it's not going to be facilitated through a bunch of courses. We've inherited beautiful forms of disciple making that, is, that works very well when we implement them on a campus with a bunch of students, but they fall to pieces in a community like ours. And then when they fall to pieces, then we found that we were left with nothing and disciple making just didn't happen as a habit. It hadn't happened as a culture. We lost it. People start speaking about disciple making. They speak about a concept that we don't know of in the operation of what we do in this congregation and many others. Discipleship is not something that we drive from the church office, it's something that you take hold of. We're going to learn that. God is going to engrave it on our hearts, and we're going to do that. And like I heard one guy say, he said, well, you often hear people say, well, I was, I was never really truly discipled by anyone. And he says, well, let this be the last generation who say that and make sure that you do disciple someone. Jesus says we should teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Has Jesus taught you anything? You can teach something and not with words only but teach them to obey. We'll spend lots of time on this. We've worked on a beautiful tool that's, gonna, that's really simple that we also want to give into your hands that you could use when you engage relationships. And I want you guys to start asking each other, if you see something in someone's life that you know that you haven't attained to and someone that's older than you in the Lord, not older than you, older than you in the Lord, can be younger than you, Ask them, would you walk a road with me? Would you impart into my life? 
It doesn't. It doesn't. Doesn't uh, only mean coffee, but it also means coffee. Our services will change a lot. We're gonna do some different things this year. I hope it, you're still gonna want to come to church. But uh, but thank you, Matthew. Um, I I didn't speak to Matthew beforehand, but uh, the the fact that you very boldly changed the way that we normally do worship in a in a shofar setting, starting with a big kick drum and ending it off with holy holy holy. I I really appreciate the unfreezing that you have brought through that without me having to say that we're going to be doing some unfreezing exercises. Um, it was uncomfortable and beautiful, and then the Lord moved. But um, more about that later. It, w- church is going to decentralize even more, even more. We've been speaking about it so much. It's The church is not the church office. It's not. It's you, it's you, it's you. We know this our whole lives, but it's just not happening. So it's going to start happening in this move. We're going to do a lot of apostolic sending. We're going to start sending people again. We're going to start sending people again. You, God is going to start speaking to you about nations. God is speaking to you. Uh, about towns, you're going to come speak to me about it. We're going to send guys. And I don't mean you're going to send to become a pastor. You're just going to go, we send there as a sent one. And do whatever you're called to do there. And we're going to keep you accountable. And you'll make disciples and churches will be planted. We aren't sent to go and plant churches. We are sent to go and make disciples. They then need churches later on. We're going to move closer to this uh, very contentious ideal of having all things in common, which our current system makes so terribly difficult. This is going to be one of the most provocative things which will never be forced. If it's ever forced, if you're ever in in a place where this is forced, run away. But the Spirit of God is going to bring us to a place where we become family and where we understand that in a very practical way. I'm not going to say too much about that now. And I don't even believe this move of God is going to see us walk in the fullness of that. I believe it's going to be a move towards where God wants to take us with regards to this thing. But it's going to radically alter the way that we do life in the 50, 60 years from now, I believe, in the church of God. And the last thing I believe is going to become so normative to us is this. We've had this block. I don't know why, but we all have this yearning to walk with God. We have this yearning for His presence to be with us. And for us, His presence is with us. For us to be have this acute awareness of His presence the whole, whole day. And walk with Him and hear Him and walk with Him and feel his love in every situation and minister as we go and be wise and be everything that the spirit does that walking has been so intermittent and so many of you would say it's i so struggle with that but i so desire that god wants to supernaturally break through that hold he wants to supernaturally break through that hold and take us to a place where we're gonna walk with god and it's going to be normative. It's not going to be only uh, Todd White and uh, Jock Lechronsi. I have to say something about Jock in every sermon, eh? otherwise the sermon wouldn't be a sermon. Are you with me? 
So now, and now I'm like, Lord, how do we do this? And then as God is, and as, as you so often, when you, when you quiet yourself in front of the Most Holy, you think He's going to show you fireworks and miracles and lava and waterfalls and things and new planets and I don't know what we think. And we, He's going to give us grand spiritual insight and visions. And then He says, Say thank you to Juliet today. Remember to write that email to the landlord. I'm like, Lord, what is this? He's like, uh, yeah, can we just, can I just help you to do life? Because let me be in everything. And so often we miss God because we think he's in the cloud, but actually he's right there wanting to just guide us in what we should do practically. So I don't know if I communicated that well, but it doesn't matter. A big vision needs small steps, and I feel like, the Lord has given us a few very practical small things we're going to do this year some of them is going to be very difficult for you <coughs> and some of them will be very excited, exciting for, to some of you and some of them will be very weird for some of you but that's okay and maybe some of you feel well this is what I've been hoping for all the while and remember we're not going to fulfill the moves with these steps these steps are unfreezing us as a step of obedience, there will likely be more, as I believe is going. As I believe God is only leading us step by step, and we might also make mistakes, and that is quite okay. Number one, I I I'm, I don't think I'm going to say more about this. I said what I wanted to say on this slide when I previously referred to this, but um, yeah, I said we developed a, a tool on this. We're going to help you with this. Um, uh, next week, we we have a guy coming to help us understand this, that is uh, discipleship is his life and teaching on this. Um, he's an elder at Shofar Stellenbosch, and we're looking forward to that a lot. Um, but if the Holy Spirit, most of us say, but I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't know what to do, I don't know how to do it, should I ask someone, should someone ask me, it's nonsense. If you're serious about this, about the command from Jesus Christ that you're going to do, you can find out how to do it. Because God said, go and do it. I'm not there to spoon feed you, although I will help. I need to do something, right, before I work myself out of a job. You need to take ownership of this fact and not say, well, let's see what you're going to do. Let's see what the church is going to do with regards to discipleship because it really is a, is a problem. No, you're going to have to re recognize the fact that Jesus Christ has called us to do this. And one day when he asked you, what have you done with your life? And you said, well, not discipling, not discipleship, then I think it's going to be an awkward conversation. Are you ready? Okay, so not more on that. More on that throughout the whole year. Services. Um, I asked God, God, what is what, what are the keys you've given us to the city of Cape Town? One of the keys that us as a congregation has received and which we are, we are battling to enter and we hopefully will be entering soon is worshiping abandon I believe God has said to us as a key worshiping abandon I don't know what that means 
we're going to have different types of services. Have you heard about the Quakers? They just come together. They're just quiet because they believe God speaks to everyone. And then anyone who hears comes and says whatever he has to say. And then they sit down and then they're quiet for a while. And then someone else comes. We're going to do more facilitative type things that, that we did last time. We're going to do prayer services. We're going to maybe just say, let's hit the streets and come testify about it later. I don't know what we're going to do. The Lord will lead us, but it's definitely not going to follow this. And we're going to do a lot more facilitative sessions where you're going to speak to each other about things rather than listen to me or someone and then have coffee. Um, we're going to have less preaching, not because preaching isn't important, because it is important. Because as much as we preach against it, preaching still becomes an entertainment activity. We said, have you heard that sermon? Well, I'm like, don't listen to that sermon. That guy went and died in Iraq. You are still sitting here having coffee and a comfortable life. Don't listen to it. It's dangerous if you're not going to obey it. So we've listened to sermons and we've taken them to places. We've made them something that they shouldn't be. So we'll do less of it so that we want it more. And as we do more, we'll be more hungry and we'll receive more. And our preachers won't waste their preparation time. The next one says that in our church, in the current form, we say, well, if we want to go plant a church, we need some, we need a pastor, we need a worship leader, we need an intercessor and some solid people. That's nowhere in the Bible. Apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. And what's the other one? Oh, pastor. What? I can't remember. We need all five of those things as the basis of our ministry. The five-fold. Not a pastor and a worship leader. Matt is a teacher. We will use him as that in our church. We don't... We shouldn't make less of things, but we shouldn't make more of things than what Scripture makes of things. So we'll have a five-fold focus again. Then uh, the flow in the spirit and the new songs and things like that. New songs, praise God. Like one of the big things on my heart is there's going to come songs. There's going to come new songs. The song that Ruth just brought. For those of you who are new, Ruth is not a worship leader. She just brought that song, which we are going to definitely sing again. Because it's just a simple chorus. That's beautiful. And from the heart of God. We can't throw things like that away. And I want you worship leaders, you guys are writing songs, but you're not bringing it. Sing your chorus. You don't have to have three verses and then whatever. Just come and bring your chorus. We're going to sing songs. We're going to sing new songs. We're going to trust. When the words of when words come through people, we'll be a bit more like the Quakers and a, and a bit like what we are. But we would accept. Maybe this is the word of God. And if it is, how are we adequately responding to that? Maybe if someone comes and share a scripture, can we break up in small groups and just work on this scripture for an hour 
Isn't this what the Lord is saying? Or are we just going to read it and then continue? What if God just really spoke? More testimonies like we did this morning. Um, problem is if you ask me only and Quibus, then you know that you, sh- you you can also leave your sermon. And then we can just worship and have uh, coffee afterwards. Because the uh, preaching will be already w- will be done, which is normally an issue, because I want to preach my sermon, and you guys are all like, "Oh, you're gonna finish now?" Because we want to still. It's getting late, and we still have to worship and do a sermon, and there's gonna be ministry. We just kind of break the flow a bit. I believe we will. And then teaching stances, we will bring some uh, teaching on some interesting topics that we need to um, um, teach very practically but also very prophetically about um, those things I said about having conservative stances on on things as the Bible say, not as we want to say. There are a few other changes. We are still contemplating it. Not for now. I'm excited about this. Are you still awake? I'm, all, I'm, I'm almost halfway. So um, small groups this is so cool no grow uh, uh, go go so I told some people we're going to have no groups and grow groups and go groups I said no groups N- no 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 not no groups, no no groups. Anyway, you have to write it to people. You can't say it to people. We're going to have no groups and grow groups and go groups. Say no grow, go, go. One, two, three. Aha, uh-huh. moi. Okay, so what does this mean? Um... So, 95% of us are already now into long-term small groups, and we're going to continue being long-term small groups, okay? Where you're with the group you're in, and we want those groups to multiply and not remain not remain stale and stagnant. That should be a sign to you that something's up, okay? A small group is not a discipleship group either. It's not. It's where you identify some people with whom discipleship might work or some people that could disciple you it's a holding ministry in a sense small groups what we're going to do is we're going to run on three week cycles okay week one you did week one last week some of you had small group you had a meal together and you asked how's everybody doing how's your holiday so everybody gets a chance to share we really care for you we want to know where you're at what's your heart blah, blah 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 and at the end of it we're going to pray for you it's pastoral, it's caring, it's getting to know each other, it's sharing a meal together, which is one of the most spiritual things you can do, eating together. I want you to eat together. We should actually be eating together every Sunday. It's just logistically, it's very tough. Okay, that's the only reason that we're not doing it currently. Um, so th- that's going to be the first week. Then the second week, you're going to come to small group and you're going to start and we're not going to spend too much time on how you're doing unless something's really bad okay something really bad 
sure. Okay. We're going to start. We're going to worship. Then we're going to trust God to minister prophetically. And after we've ministered prophetically and worshipped, we're going to find a portion of scripture that we would help you with that's maybe applicable to where we're at as a church right now. And you're going to study that piece of scripture as a group. And then you're going to do intercession for the church and the whole world. So everyone will intercede. Everyone will do Bible study and we'll all start flowing in prophetic ministry grow groups. So it's going to be intense and intentional and lacquer. Are you ready? Yes, there's three of you said you're ready. That's good. We can start a small group with that. Me and Renal, that's five. So, and the next one is go group. Week three. Challenging you out of your socks. Each group is going to find, you're going to brainstorm this week, maybe next week, and find something that you could sustainably do every Wednesday evening to reach out. And every third Wednesday, you would do that. Whether it is New Somerset Hospital, which is a great option, whether it's the police station, whether it's an old age home, whether it's walking down Cliff Street and trusting to give some people words and pray for them, whatever it is, if it's working with Alice and them, Alice said you can definitely do it from 7 to 9 on a Wednesday evening. Your small group is going to find something and you're not going to not go because it's go group. There's something like church discipline. That's just a joke, but there is. Um, so it's 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 going to stretch us and we're going to do it. Are you ready? It's going to be really cool. We're going to hear incredible stories. We're going to see amazing things and God's going to teach us faithfulness. He's going to teach us endurance. He's going to teach us to move in His Spirit and He's going to break our hearts. And the next go, there's another go. We did this at Shofar de Durbanville. The Lord highlighted to me, Shofar Durbanville was not a missional church at all. They didn't want to do anything. We had the mandate to come and try and change that. And now Shofar Durbanville is the missions church that goes everywhere and does everything. And it's just amazing. And what you guys are going to do is every small group is going to sit down sometime at the beginning of the year. And you're going to plan a local mission over one weekend this year somewhere close by or far away in South Africa and you're going to run your own little weekend mission trip as a small group once this year. If you want to do it, you could do it twice. We would even approve that. So, you guys are going to know, grow and go, go and it's going to impact you greatly and beautifully towards what we want to see the Lord do this year. Are you ready? Are you still ready? Yes. Yes. It's challenging. It's going to be great. Then um, we're going to do missions this year, and we're just going to have a renewed focus where we're really looking for long-term partnerships that has got the same vision and mandate as what we do. And we're going to really try to anchor the role that our church is playing 
currently in India and Sri Lanka so that we can clearly communicate that to you guys and we can clearly begin uh, and continue with partnerships that we do have in India and Sri Lanka. And the Lord has been stirring a few things and throwing a few things at us about Portugal. So we're going to do a um, scout mission to Portugal, it seems September-ish. We're going to do a um, scout mission to Portugal to go and to pray and to see who God links us up with and what goes on there. Um, so a scout mission to Portugal and those two missions um, is definitely going to happen. The God has showed us a few apostolic flames that He wants to start from our midst. So we are sending you guys. You need to... St- to see this, we are going to send you guys as little bunch of flames all over the country. All the small groups going to minister somewhere where we go and reach. And then we're going to send teams out to the rest of the world also. While for the rest of the 250 weeks of the year, we are doing it here in Jerusalem. Amen? Good. The workplace, the church at work was one sermon series last year that I think made the most impact. Uh, And it's quite simple to know why, because you spent most of your time there, so you need to find something to do there. Uh, Most of you are incredibly uh, bored at work, and uh, that's why we thought we'll give you something else to do there. Um, So, that's a joke. We will be doing, we're going to try this thing called Thank God It's Monday, which is basically Global Leadership Summit material that you watch over lunchtime. You watch a short little snippet, and then there's facilitation in a group context where you um, you would you guys will see how it's going to work. But we're going to invite you guys here from the beginning of February, and you're going to experience it yourselves and see. Okay, cool. So this is a really cool tool. It's going to help people grow in leadership. Um, and slowly but surely, it becomes more intentional about the fact that um, it's it's Christian-based principles, although it's not the gospel that we are presenting them. But it's a, and then we would like to roll that out as they do very effectively. You go and roll it out and in, invite a couple of friends that work with you on a let's say a Tuesday over lunchtime, one specific boardroom, and you do this thing called Thank God It's Monday, which increases your leadership abilities and connects you with those around you so you can pull people into um, close relationship and maybe discipleship relationship. So we'll try that as a way of approaching our workspaces. The other thing I want to offer you is that in my previous role, I was a career counselor, Um, That's something I also did. And uh, I just believe there's many of you that really need to understand what I'm doing and how is this aligned and how is this this kingdom. And I want you to just come and make an appointment and we can start working through those things so that you start to get your career in line with what the Lord wants. Okay, so we're going to have a continued focus on that and those are some practical elements. Um, and then the last one I want to share with you for now, and the last practical thing is, um, and we, we've got confirmation of this from the many sources and a great excitement um, about this. We're going to move the worship band behind you or next to you. 
somewhere. It's just too hard for our brains not to look at it and in some way be in the same space we're at when we're looking at someone performing. And it's too hard for these guys to also do that when we want him to behold him. The worship band thing is a very new thing to the church. The church, it wasn't like this for always. And uh, we believe the Spirit is saying, no, I want you to behold him. You know, when when someone when someone's kid runs up to the uh, keyboard player, you can ask 80% of the church they saw it. When someone didn't really worship and someone else really worshipped, you saw it. So how much of your mental f- attention and focus is actually going there? Um, it makes other things like bringing songs um, much less in your face if, you know, like Ruth has to come and stand up here and everybody's like, Ruth is going to sing now. What's n- it's, not, it's not about that. Um, it makes communication between me and the band so much easier. Um, we want to speak to each other, especially when we want to flow in the Holy Spirit. Like, But if, if you walk up to the band the whole time, then everybody sees it. You turn around, everybody's like, what did he say to the band leader just now? <laughs> oh. Okay, so we're going to move the band somewhere else. And we'll see how that w- works out practically. Um, but that's definitely something we would like to do. So it's going to look a bit different. Um, but um, this is especially important for us, for new Christians, that they would walk in here and it would be different from what they are used to when they're looking at bands. Otherwise, they cannot relate to it in the way they should. They'll just relate to it in that same way. Those musicians are really cool. They're really good. And the problem is we've got really talented musicians, so you can really look at them and how they play. And then you're worshipping something else. Okay, so we're going to do that, and we're going to do many other things, and we're going to see God work in us. So I know we're a little bit over our time, but... um, last slide like Matthew you can come and you play so beautifully with that first song you can play that ting-a-ling-a-ling um, and then just for three minutes I want you to pray with those around you and just align your heart with what you've heard and um, be honest with the Lord for where you're at with regards to what you've heard and pray that we would follow him in it um, I want you to share your experiences with these new things. Like, don't just be, it's amazing, or I hate it, or it's not God, or you're missing it, but you don't tell anyone, and we're just continuing. Share it so we can journey together um, with us. Take ownership of what the Lord wants to do, because in essence, if the Lord wants to do something, then He wants to do something through us all. We must take ownership of it if it is indeed Him. Um, so please cement some of these things in your heart as you pray with each other now and then I'll close the service in a few minutes. Amen.